This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, y'all, it's Crystal. And it's Samantha. And this is Serial Holic Sisters. True crime shit. Hey, hi. Hey. I'm always the awkward one. This is Holly. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. I think you should share with our listeners Christopher's like <laughs> dream. I, I don't think it's a dream. It's a creepy incident. Let's just put creepy. Okay. So I told, <laughs> so I told you the story. Yes. The morning after it happened because it freaked me out. And you're like, oh my God, you should have saved that for the podcast. And I should have, but I'm going to tell again. So it doesn't matter. So to set the scene, it's 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I'm asleep. I'm dead asleep. I, I get awoken by my husband's gigantic arm flinging over my body. <laughs> so I was just like, that scared me awake because he rolled over and put his arm around me. Then I told him, you know, I was like, you better not start snoring in my ear because he does that and it's obnoxious. And he's like, oh, it's happening. Like it's about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> my, my husband does the same thing. <laughs> then this motherfucker, he's like, oh, they're here. I'm like, the fuck? Who's here? Like, what, what are you talking about? So I'm like, who's here? And he's like, the the people standing over our bed or he said the people standing over us yeah he's like they're here and I'm like who the people he's standing like over nonchalant. us I know he's just like the people standing over us and I'm like I, I literally said what the fuck I'm like really loud <laughs> like, as I jumped up like I feel like that would be my reaction too <laughs> and when I did that he goes he's like oh man you scared them away they're gone now and I'm like good <laughs> I would definitely have said that too. <laughs> then this motherfucker just starts snoring. I'm like, excuse me, sir. You cannot scare the shit out of me and then just start snoring. What the hell? So I'm just like awake now, like around. <laughs> but I guess it's okay because he said they're gone, but like who? <laughs> and then the next morning when he woke up, I told him about this incident. And he's like, well, why are you trying to scare me now? I'm like, bitch, you scared me first. Like, what the hell? <laughs> He's like, I didn't say that. No, you definitely said that. <laughs> definitely said that. So I don't know if, if we need to sage our house, if it was ghosts or I think, uh, aliens, black eyed I, kids. I don't know. <laughs> I definitely think you should be saging your house. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think so. And where the fuck was my dog? He always <laughs> sleeps in the bed with me. He was laying at the foot, like not at the foot of the bed, like off the bed, laying on the floor at the foot of the bed. He didn't want the people around like, him. Please come play with mommy. <laughs> It's so funny that you said that because, um, I told you about my dream too, that happened the same night as his, I know, which is super creepy too. I, I swear me and my brother-in-law have the same like ridiculous fears too. Yes. So, we talked about this before. Yes, we have. Well, I had kind of, mine wasn't a similar dream, but I had a creepy incident too. So I had a, a really vivid dream. One of those dreams that you don't think is a dream. Like you really think it's happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. except mine mine was more of a break-in story so um, my husband had woken me up um, like he always does right before he leaves to go to work 
and I got up and like saw him out the door, which I never do that. So I definitely don't get out of bed. (laughs) Yeah, no, that does not sound like you. (laughs) But I had like seen him out the door. I don't remember why he had said something and I had like walked over to the door and I noticed there was like a truck across the street. Um, but I hadn't noticed, like, I've never seen the truck before. It was really weird. And I was, I never thought anything of it. Um, clearly my husband didn't either because he got in his car and ran like drove away. (laughs) He's like, that's (laughs) not my problem. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) So I got in back in bed and had like locked the door, just like I always do. Um, went back to sleep. Well, my dog always gets up in my husband's spot when he leaves. And we also have two cats. Well, I was sleeping and I felt shadow next to me, but I also felt another animal like down at the foot of the bed. I was like, great. One of the cats is down there. And it woke me up because shadow ran after it, but started like fighting it in the living room, nope. which my dog doesn't fight the cats. So it freaked me out. Well, so I went to get off my bed to go like break it up and find out what was going on. And someone grabbed me. Couldn't see because it's pitch black, you know, no, no, absolutely Gra- not. <laughs> grabbed me, then grabbed my wrists, put them together and like slowly put me down on the floor and told me not to make a sound. And I, I mean, heart was beating, racing, everything oh, like I'm geez. shaking mm-hmm. and immediately I wake up and I'm freaking out. Cause I'm well, like, yeah. <laughs> what the hell could not go back to sleep could not go back to sleep had shadow right by my head shadow was like alert too the whole time which made it even worse I think he just knew that I was freaking out yeah um it's it's not that there was a person hiding in the shadows of your room (laughs) no so then I was like shadow get off the bed (laughs) go check the room so I can get up (laughs) shadow go turn the light on But it took me a little bit. I was like, oh, well, I'm up for the day. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Two hours early for work. Oh my God. Um, anyways. So um, what do you call a fish wearing a bow tie? Oh God, what? So fish-ticated. No? We're, so we really are doing these dad jokes. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> At this point, I'm just doing it just to annoy you now. <laughs> it is my week. It's so we'll week. go ahead and get into it. Um, everybody's already probably like, okay, what unsolved mystery do you have this week? Well, I do have another one. (laughs) (laughs) However, I feel like it's definitely solved. I think it's solved. Uh, It's not a person, more of a group of people, but we'll get into it. Okay. We're not going to go into any details of his life growing up or anything we're just gonna get into it so get right into it okay yes I'm ready let's do it so this started on March 22nd 1977 it took place in Tuscan Arizona or Tucson Tucson. Tucson? why did I say Tuscan (laughs) (laughs) can you take that out (laughs) Tuscan Arizona (laughs) okay starting over. So this started on March 22nd, 1977 in uh, Tucson, Arizona. (laughs) Chuck Morgan is his name. He was an escrow company owner and he had gotten up to get ready for work and he left his home as usual. You know, no big deal. Told his, his wife, Ruth, good Ruth, Ruth, (laughs) goodbye. (laughs) Ruth, Ruth, (laughs) He uh, told his wife, Ruth, goodbye and left the home. He didn't come home that night. Okay. And it 
it wasn't out of the ordinary that he didn't always come home because oh. when, if he had um properties that weren't technically in town he may have been away for like a night right but he would and, like let his wife know if that was gonna be the case right <laughs> okay exactly and there was no calls or anything mm-hmm. so it was really really weird for him to have not called his wife had not come home on march 25th three days later happy birthday <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah that's my birthday, that's, that's your not, birthday. Not, but not 1977 <laughs> <laughs> and so he stumbles back home at two in the morning which is super weird but it actually woke his wife up because she heard a really loud thump at the back door in fact, she said that she was in bed and the dog started barking. So she got up, went to the door, opened it, which I would have never done, but okay. no, okay. <laughs> like, um, but look she, through a window or something first. Right. But she opened it and there was Chuck. Just um, like laying there on the ground? No, he was just right there. Oh. Standing there, but he was, he was missing a shoe. Okay. He had one plastic handcuff around one of his ankles. What? And then he had a set of real handcuffs around his hands and he motioned like he pointed to his throat but didn't say didn't say anything like ariel and the little mermaid when she (laughs) she lost her voice kind of okay um so she points to his throat and she and she's like can you not talk can you write (laughs) so he um nodded his head that he could write so she motions him inside closes the door goes and gets him a tablet and pen and like hands it to him. And she's like, what's going on? So he wrote on this piece of paper that his throat had been painted with a hallucinogenic drug and that the drug could drive him either insane or destroy his nervous system and kill him. What? Yes, I know. This is is a crazy case. Like, I mean, when I said, let's get into it, we're getting into it. painted your throat sir <laughs> so um of course his wife's freaking out she's like what the hell are you talking about and, and where's your like, fucking shoe no. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> and she's like what are you talking about like and he just keeps pointing at his throat and she's like okay I'm calling the hospital and the police he starts shaking his head no freaks out writes on the paper that if she does that she would be signing his death warrant for the entire family what signing a death warrant for the entire family like everybody would die everybody would be killed if she called the police or the hospital okay who has this man pissed off so little backstory about chuck he lives in an area that is prominent with um mafias mobs drug cartel things like this Mm. and it is noted that he was actually a potential witness in a state land fraud case which involved an organized crime boss is this an episode of ozark it's not okay (laughs) are you just Um, telling me about a tv show right now (laughs) i'm not though um but unfortunately he was not put in the witness protection program because it wasn't known that this guy that you know he was a witness of the land was a crime boss Over the next week, his wife actually nurses him like back to health before his voice can return. Like he was know how to take care of that drug. I don't know. 
she just like, he was in bed. She took care of him, made sure he didn't get sick. Um, Gave him lots of fluids, like some Pedialyte or something. I don't know. <laughs> Here, take some Pedialyte. I don't know. I have no idea. But he started hinting to her before his voice returned by like writing things down um, that he had a secret identity. Excuse me, say what now? <laughs> yes. He told his wife, he wrote down on this, you know, notepad that they took my treasury identification. And that was the first that Ruth had heard of him having a treasury identification. Um, then he told her that he had been working for them for about two or three years. And she was like, well, who, who have you been working for? Right. Apparently he had a secret identity as an agent for the federal government. Okay. So he's a secret government agent? Supposedly. This is, this is what he wrote down and told his wife. So was he really a treasury agent? Was he a witness to this, um, you know, state land fraud that's going on, but he's really actually like covering it because he's working for the federal government. So he's trying to like find out more about it and he's in it, you know. Or knows, are the right? drugs just making him hallucinate? And Exactly. <laughs> or are the drugs making him crazy? Because they could, right? Right. So in the 1970s, the mafia did establish Arizona as like the narcotics pipeline oh. and a big haven for money laundering. Okay. Like more than 500 racketeers had set up shop there. There was tons, tons going on. And what made Arizona so how do I want to say this? What, what made Arizona the state for these people to go to was mm. because um, there was a state law that actually allowed anyone to buy up land through numbered blind trust accounts. So basically they could launder money and it couldn't be traced. Well, that's a flaw in the system, guys. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> but this is, you know, 1970s, clearly things have changed, but right, right. which is why it was such a a big haven for this money laundering to go, to go on and for people to see, you know, oh, I'm going to buy up all this land, but really I'm selling narcotics and stuff. Okay. Anyways. So Chuck had done like real estate escrow for a few mafia families and he supposedly had possibly helped like with purchases of gold bullion and platinum, which are like bars of Bars of gold, like you see in like cartoons, like Scrooge McDuck, bars of gold. Which is a more convenient way to launder money because it's not something that people want to deal with, you know? Mm. So you can, that's literally why it's easy for them. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can only, only pay you in bars of gold. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a change well. for three bars? <laughs> <laughs> so this journalist, which I am going to tell you a little bit about too. So this journalist, Dawn... Devereaux, I think is how you say his name. Okay. He actually investigated this Chuck story, like all of this stuff that this happened. Chuck character. Like after the fact. And and I'll it's important and I'll tell you why. So, anyways, he was around um like the edges of a couple of like a very large organized crime group in Arizona at that time. Chuck was. So it was really easy to get like way over your head. I mean, you're, you're working with a bunch of money. You're helping launder this money. Mm -hmm. You're helping keep it a secret, which of course they're going to pay you out on some of it. So it's really easy to get in over your head. 
Yeah. And unfortunately, we think that was pretty much the situation for Chuck. So he was working, you know, billions of dollars of escrow work in these bars of like gold and platinum. Hmm. And these transactions like only existed on paper, which was why he was laundering all of it. He was, you know, a businessman. So (laughs) he probably got a little bit too close to the flame at that point and was working way too closely with these families. And when you're a witness to this and something goes wrong, then it's never good for you. It's not, no, it's no bueno. And Ruth, his wife didn't know anything about like his, his, uh, line of work. Like she knew he was an escrow, you know, real estate, but she didn't really know what all he did. She said that Chuck mentioned to her once that there was like money laundering going around, but going around like it's a virus, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like it's a cold, (laughs) but he was saying like, there was like money laundering happening, but like he wasn't involved in it. Okay. (laughs) And then he, then he also told her that the less that her and the girls, cause he has two daughters, Mm. um, the less that they knew the better off. So like, don't ask questions. I'm just letting you know, just in case, you know, say police were to come and talk to you that you know nothing about this <laughs> well, the, why, why even mention that to her then I feel because, like you know, people are dumb also it makes it super suspicious and we're like there's there's all this stuff going on but I'm not involved but like I can't tell you anything else like right come on well this is where it kind of gets even more interesting so you know after he disappeared for the three days he decided that he wasn't going to take any chances and that he was going to start covering his tracks and start covering and protecting himself. So every day when he would get up for work, he wore a bulletproof vest, but he also like got to the point where he was like paranoid and he wouldn't let anybody drive his daughters to school or pick them up or anything except for him. So really, I feel like that's weird because I mean, they're after you, right? So you wouldn't want, but that's why he was using them as a ticket. So if somebody was after him, surely they wouldn't do anything if he had his girls. I mean, if they were bad people, they probably wouldn't care. No. I wouldn't think. But he doesn't think that way. So he drove his daughters to school. He picked them up from school. Um, He wore a bulletproof vest. He watched his back everywhere he went. And he made sure that he wasn't like slipping through the cracks or doing anything bad. But two months after his very first like disappearance, you know, his first disappearance. (laughs) So two months after that happened, he disappeared again, but this time it wasn't for like three days or anything. Um, his wife panicked. She had called the police did ask, you know, that there was like a missing persons. Mm -hmm. Of course they, they didn't have anything to go off of for missing persons. He was just a real estate agent that could be traveling and maybe he just didn't get a hold of his wife. So nothing happened. Right. So they didn't put out a, like a missing person on it? No. Oh. Um, so nine days later, though, Ruth, his wife, got a phone call. Okay. So phone rings. She goes and picks it up. And a woman is on the other line. And she says, Ruthie. And Ruth was like, yeah. She goes, Chuck is all right. But then she references a Bible verse and says Ecclesiastics 12, one through eight, and then hangs up the fuck. So, um, 
this is what the Ecclesiastics 12, one through eight passage reads. It says, um, men are afraid of a high place and of tears on the road. Remember him before the silver cord is broken and the golden bowl is crushed. Then the dust will return to the earth as it was, and the spirit will return to God who gave it. I don't know what that means. I don't either, okay. but that's what it is. <laughs> I, I would be so pissed if I was Ruth, because I'm like, I need, where's my husband? What the fuck does that mean? Who the fuck was that woman? <laughs> right. So at this point, um, you know, Ruth's like, what the fuck? Um, I'm calling the police. <laughs> so she tells, she calls the police and she tells the police, she's like, hey, She's like, FYI, <laughs> my husband's still missing. That yes, haven't basically, done that's basically it. what it is. So she's like, my husband's missing still. And I just got a really odd phone call. A woman told me that my husband's all right, but she also gives me this, you know, Bible verse. And so the police were like, okay, yeah, that's a little weird. Well, they're digging into it. And then two days later, Chuck's body was discovered. <gasps> oh no. I didn't think that was going to happen, but I guess, I guess somebody was going to get murdered because that's the podcast. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So his, I was rooting for Chuck. His body was found, but this is, this is what's weird about it. Also that woman's a liar. She said Chuck's okay. Yeah, no, he wasn't. So he was found and he was wearing his bulletproof vest, but he had died from a single bullet fired at close range into the back of his head. Ooh, like execution style. Except the bullet came from his own 357 Magnum gun. So somebody stole his gun and shot him execution style. And the gun was still lying right next to him. And left the gun there. And then um, like when his, the scene was being investigated, um, they also found a piece of paper with directions to the murder site written in Chuck's handwriting. Directions to the murder site, the site where they were at. Yeah. Oh, so he had written directions to this place, like he was meeting somebody, and they stole his gun and murdered him, and left it there. <laughs> okay. And a um, pair of sunglasses, but the sunglasses were not his. Interesting. But that's not all. Okay. But wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> there's more. Um, police also found a two-dollar bill clipped to the inside of chuck's underwear what and written on the two dollar bill was seven spanish names all beginning with the letter a through g above them was the notation ecclesiastes 12 with the verses one through eight by arrows drawn on like the bill's serial numbers so he writes the same bible verse was it in his handwriting Mm-hmm. So he wrote all of that stuff on the mm-hmm. random ass $2 bill that he had. And, and then that's not even all he wrote on there. I'm like, and how on much the, room is on this $2 bill? <laughs> I know. <laughs> on the back of the bill, like where the Declaration of Independence, mm-hmm. like the, you know, were numbered one through seven. And there was like a roughly drawn map. And the map led to an area between like Tucson and Mexico. How small did he write? Very small. <laughs> You'll get a picture of it. Okay. Um, <laughs> also, now is this, um, what was that movie? National Treasure? Is that what we're doing? Right. <laughs> and it's funny, the, the map supposedly had left, led to like the area between Tucson and Mexico where there was like two towns, which were both like known for smuggling. Robles and Junction is the towns, I believe. 
okay. stated. So um, all this is super weird, right? Yeah, all of it. All of it's weird. I feel like if I was investigating the scene, I'd say you were definitely murdered, right? Right. You would. You would think, right? I mean, if you're shot in the back of the head, most people that commit suicide do not shoot themselves in the back of the head. I wouldn't think. I mean, I don't know. Well, the sheriff's department believed Chuck's death was a suicide. Um, Okay, of course it is. And they claimed that he had shot himself in the back of the head. Because the gun and everything was still there and there was no fingerprints of anybody else's. Because people can't wipe f- fingerprints. Right. So um, who's, they, whose sunglasses were they? Whose sunglasses? Right. So they closed the case as a suicide. Wow. They closed the case as a suicide. Of course, Ruth was like, there was no way that Chuck would have uh, committed suicide. She's like, if he had even contemplated committing suicide, like, I feel... My husband loved me enough that he would have wrote me and my daughters both, you know, notes. I mean, do you know, he didn't even tell you where he worked. He didn't tell you anything. (laughs) So Dawn, you remember Dawn that I was talking about earlier. He was the journalist. Oh, okay. I was like, no, I don't remember Dawn, but yes, okay. okay. (laughs) So Dawn had a bunch of doubts too. Like he's like, in all the years that I've been a journalist, I just don't see a guy take himself out into the desert wearing a bulletproof vest and then shoot himself in the back of the head right like he wouldn't be trying to protect himself with the vest if he was just going to shoot himself in the head right that doesn't make sense so the police were like oh no this is a suicide it's definitely a suicide and he had clearly been like worried about him and his family's safety for since the first time he got right so this is terrible policing work guys Well, two days after Chuck's death, a woman called the Pima County Sheriff's Department and she had said, hey, Chuck came to meet me at a local motel before he died. And the woman called herself Green Eyes. And she said, yeah, she didn't give her name. And she was like, also, just so you know, I'm the woman that called his husband his husband his sorry let me <laughs> like he's married to a guy too <laughs> so much secrets in his life <laughs> okay no sorry let me re- let me rephrase that she's like chuck came to meet me at the local ho- motel before he died but hey just so you know i'm also the same woman that called ruth that quoted the bible verse yes but why though why and why are you quoting the bible verse and just hanging up on her so like, she said explain yourself woman So she said that when Chuck came to see her in this motel, he showed her this briefcase full of thousands of dollars in cash. And he told her that this money was going to buy him out of a contract that the mob had put on his life. So I guess there was a hit man, like he had a hit on him and Mm -hmm. he got all this money and he was going to pay this hit man to not put the hit on him okay so the theory or whatever you want to call it was that this mob was like he knows too much we need to take him out yeah we need to take him out so i don't think that was a good plan on his part either because i mean if the mafia thinks that they want to take you out and you were like oh i'll give you this money and so you won't do it i don't think they were like sure they would absolutely take your money and then kill you still Right. So, um, I guess he had been in con Chuck, 
I guess Chuck had been in contact with this hitman and was like, how much money is it going to cost me to get you to not kill me? <laughs> and the hitman was like this much money. Like, so Chuck got the he money said, from this many monies, this many monies. So the hitman um, tells him this and Chuck's like, okay, I'll get the money. Also, does the, the hitman make the rules or does the mafia people make fucking the rules? Right. Well, so when the two of them met in the desert where he was found, um, mm-hmm. the hitman decided, well, I'm going to kill him anyways, and I'm going to take the money. <laughs> so Obviously. I'm going to get double paid. <laughs> okay, yes. That's well, what would absolutely happen. So Don, the journalist on this case, just basically he was like, I just don't think that Chuck realizes everybody he was involved with. And unfortunately, it got him killed. Like he was naive and it got him killed. However, he was also like, there, I really do think that he might be working for the government. Like Don thought the journalist, you know, he thought, I think Chuck was working for the government. I think he was trying to know all of this to take them down, but he knew too much. And I think those crime bosses and all these mafia and mobs found out he worked for the government oh that's not good which means they're gonna take him out yeah (laughs) because now he not only knows too much but he has the power to take us down Mm -hmm. um which is exactly what you know everybody was thinking happened except Um, for the police who thought he committed suicide and his wife right (laughs) so after after chuck his wife, wait his wife thought he committed suicide no his wife just didn't like his wife doesn't believe that he's working for the government oh okay okay okay. yeah so after her husband died um ruth actually was visited by two men that claimed to be with the fbi so she opened up the door they came up to you know the door knocked on the door and mm-hmm. she opened up and they the way that she described it was they opened and closed their identification badges really fast. <laughs> they like, were totally plastic badges. <laughs> like, <laughs> like all I can think of when she, like her description on all of this makes me think of like the cartoons where they walk up and they're like, doo doo. <laughs> like, man, see, here's my, here's my badge. <laughs> here's my badge, see? <laughs> so um, they opened them and closed them really fast. And they said they wanted to come in and look through the house. They um, never no. told her what they were which is another weird thing because I'm sorry, but even FBI will tell you exactly, you know, hey, we've got to do a search. Here's a search warrant. Right. You've not, you're like, not coming to my house got, without a warrant. They, they got protocols. They, they're going to do all this. Mm-hmm. But these guys were like, hey, we have to go through the house because um, there's more that we need to, to find out about this um, death of your husband. And of course, Ruth's like, oh yeah, of course, because the police already deemed it a suicide. So anything that will help prove that this you know my husband wouldn't do this so Mm -hmm. like okay let me look through your house so they rummaged through the house and just like tore it from top to bottom but of course didn't find anything that they were looking for but ruth didn't know what they were looking for they just left empty-handed i'd be so pissed if they just came over and just like destroyed my house so she calls to let you know the police know she's like hey the fbi was here i didn't write their names down i'm really mad about it but I don't know if they were with the FBI or not, but they tore through my house. 
I mean, they showed me their plastic badges, but (laughs) right. (laughs) Of of course, you know, they're like, oh, this is, we already told you this is deemed a suicide. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure who came to your house, but I don't think it was the FBI. (laughs) Um, That's that's concerning, (laughs) but nobody knows for sure because she didn't get identification, you know? Right. Well, Dawn, the journalist that was on this, Hey, well, trying to investigate this case, like a lot mm-hmm. of journalists do. Right. He, he actually contacted the FBI and said, can I get more information on the Morgan case, Chuck Morgan case? But the FBI said, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard of any Mr. Morgan. What? And they were like, this case was just like, just done. You guys deemed it a a suicide local police were involved you guys were involved like you guys just closed this case i need more information and the fbi they were like i don't i don't know what you're talking about we've never heard of this guy he didn't even exist in their in their database there was no card there was no file there's nothing on him what nothing are, were they saying the only like the fbi involved they're like y'all were involved is it because of the people that came to her house or did they actually have like FBI people there working with the cops like during the investigation? No, I mean, FBI was part of it. Like they were supposed to be part of it with the cops before the cops deemed it a suicide. Yeah, but was it so really they FBI? really were? Oh, okay. So if Chuck really was doing undercover work for the government, Don, the journalist was like, um, I'm pretty sure that all these clues that he wrote on this $2 bill might've been an attempt, you know, to code messages to the FBI. He's like, this could have been some kind of code. Maybe the $2 bill like will unlock more of this crime that's going on. Maybe he wasn't a good guy or, (laughs) you know, you just, he didn't know, but FBI knew nothing about any of it. They don't have this $2 bill. Who has the $2 bill? Where's the $2 bill? (sighs) (laughs) I'm just taking it all in. So, um, another little thing about Dawn that I wanted to go over. So there wasn't any actual suspects in this killing. Like, you know, there's multiple mafias, multiple mobs. People don't really know who all is involved and everything, but there was no actual suspects in this killing. Mm -hmm. Now, Chuck was known to have handled like the financial transactions for this mafia. He was also suspected to being involved in this money laundering, Um, But there was no suspects in general for this case. So Don was investigating this case. He's a journalist. He's trying to find out what's going on. Mm -hmm. Well, three months after, three months after the death, they were going to air um, one of the, you know, how the Unsolved Mysteries show was airing Mm -hmm. all of these like cold cases and stuff. They were going to, they were going to air the Chuck Morgan case. Okay. And they did, but it was a brief airing of it. Mm-hmm. And it w- there wasn't a lot. It was obviously mafia mob, all this stuff, right? Well, three months after the show was aired too. So now this is six months after the death. Um, Doug Johnston and Danny Casalaro um, were part of this, like the team for the airing of the show. Okay. Okay. So Doug, he worked in an office that was opposite of Don, the journalist that was digging into this case. Mm-hmm. And they both actually drove like the same type of car. Okay. This is important. 
both drove the same type of car. Well, one day, um, Dawn wasn't in the office, but Doug, who had just aired the show, you know, Mm -hmm. he was um, leaving work and it was broadcasted in, in the news that Doug was shot in the head from the left side. Oh no. He was right-handed. So, there so was he was no- in, in, he was in his car when he was shot. Like he was yes. in his car. Okay. And he was shot in the head. So shot in the head from the left side. Okay. But he is right-handed. So there's no gum powder residue on his hands. And the gun was never found. Oh, you bet. I was gonna say, are you better try to tell me that this was a suicide too? No. Okay. The gun, was never, <laughs> the gun was never found. Okay. But his, um, his death has also never been classed as a homicide what? either. What? What is it classed as? It's just an unknown case is, it's what it's classed as. It's what? not a suicide. It's not a homicide clearly it's a homicide you How know is it not a homicide but I'm here's so confused okay but here's what's so weird Dawn and and Doug both drove mm-hmm. you know the same okay. type of car that Dawn honestly th- thought it was directed to him instead right yeah somebody trying to get him to stop snooping maybe he's getting a little close to finding something so he's he calmed it down just a little bit mm-hmm. took it back a, a couple steps and everything and um a year after the killing of Doug, it was reported that Danny, the other co help, like for the show or whatever, co helper, co helper. <laughs> he wasn't a host though. That was the thing. Like they weren't hosts. Or like producing it or just working on it. Okay. They were working on the show, but I don't know. So he had contacted Don, the in- journalist. Danny. Um, T- contacted Don. Yes, Danny, okay. the other one. He contacted Don and he was going to share some evidence that he had found about Chuck's illegal gold transactions. Oh, okay. Like he, he called up Don. He's like, Hey, I've got some evidence. I've got some stuff that might help you in this whole case. Um, it's really weird. I found some illegal gold transaction information and I really need to meet with you. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, sure. Let's meet tomorrow. That's going to be too late. It was too late. Okay. It was too late. So they were planning to meet and then, um, Dawn got a call, um, that Danny was found dead in a hotel bathtub with his wrist slashed. Oh, slashed. And mm. of course this death was ruled a suicide, a suicide, of course, but his family also believed that he was murdered too. He wouldn't make plans with somebody like, Hey, I've got this evidence. Let's meet up. So if he it's was so weird planning too. on committing suicide, right? Well, well, they believe that Danny was really close to breaking the case that would have implicated, you know, the mafia that, that Chuck mm-hmm. had been working with. And it would have also come too close for government officials. So oh, he's just trying to out everybody. And they're like, no, sir. So what's crazy about this too, was um, when they went to go and investigate Danny's death, Mm-hmm. the one in the bathtub um it did show that he was definitely not alone at the time of his death because there was bruising and a missing a couple missing fingernails oh okay people that commit suicide do not remove their fingernails people right oh that hurts my ears. sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay <laughs> the the crime scene was also cleaned up 
which would have destroyed potential evidence. People that commit suicide also don't clean up afterwards. Right. And what I mean by cleaned up is a maid actually gave a statement that there were bloody towels on the floor, suggesting that somebody had like tried to clean up the floor. So if he slashed his own wrist, he definitely wouldn't have been out of the bathtub trying to scrub up. No, no, that's not how it works. So everybody that has come close to investigating and breaking Chuck Morgan's case has mysteriously committed suicide. Don Don hasn't, but I think Don has had hits on him that potentially people thought that he was dead. I'm so worried for Don. I mean, I think he's good now, but... (laughs) but yeah it's it's a super weird case um there's that's literally the last of it too like don just basically stopped investigating it any further at the moment because because he's not trying to die about it he ain't trying to die about it but um yeah so my question is which i already think i i mean we all know that it had to have been mafia slash mobs you know right that like have done this but did government officials also help are, are they are they like in on it together are they helping each other out scratching each other's backs mm-hmm. possibly because i just find it i find it weird that the fbi didn't have any anything on that like on chuck the the police just automatically are are stating suicides on all of these maybe because they're, they're being, working because they're working with the mob or maybe or maybe they're being notified to not investigate it anymore by government officials Mm -hmm. because they're working with the mob (laughs) (laughs) i'm not saying that either but (laughs) oh shit yeah we're not we're not saying that like we don't know we're just government and mob if you're listening we know nothing (laughs) so i personally say yes technically this is an unsolved case because there's not been anybody that has been arrested for any of these deaths right 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 but I think it's pretty safe to say we know who's doing it. <laughs> right. I'm pretty sure we can all use our context clues here. Yeah. And figure it yeah. out. <laughs> that is the Chuck Morgan unsolved case. That is the um, Ozark National <laughs> Treasure. Right. Um, Sopranos movie. It, to me, have you ever watched the show Good Girls? No. Oh, okay. You should watch that. It's hilarious. I've heard that. I've heard that. It's I've money laundering. That. Like they're washing fake money. I'm pretty sure. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> say I'm pretty sure that's the show that Dana's watching that she's telling me I need to watch so we can talk about it. Oh, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. Does that have, um, fuck, what's his name? Matthew huh? Lillard? Matthew. Yes. Okay. 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 That's the show that she's been talking about. I was like, am I, am I naming the wrong show? And she's been no, like, you don't naming- pay attention to what I'm saying ever. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the right show. I think this, they're, they just released like season four, maybe. Um, and I've already yeah. watched it. It's yeah. hilarious. It's hilarious. It's she's so funny. Yeah. You definitely do because what they do is they print fake money and have to wash it mm-hmm. and they're, they're moms. They're yes. A bunch of moms yes. This is definitely the show she was telling me about. I was listening, Dana. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you should watch it. It's it's hilarious. But that's what I think of when I when I'm talking about money laundering and stuff, a bunch of fake bills and stuff too, going in a bunch of different accounts that people can't trace. Right. I'm still trying to figure out the blues clues that he left all over the two dollar bill. Like what was that about? I don't know. We'll have to show some pictures though. It's crazy. Yeah, no, I want to see this this bill. Let's see I'll, the I'll... tiny handwriting, <laughs> the tiny map and all the bio. You can see 
I was going to say, you can see like the seven names and stuff. I see it. I just pulled it up. Huh. Yeah. There's a bunch of little markings everywhere, but yes. Interesting. So that is the case or the unsolved case of Chuck Morgan and green eyes. If you want to include her, <laughs> our code name. Well, yeah. What's up with green eyes? Who the fuck is I she? Don't know. I, I don't know. So weird. That's a That's weird just what case. she went off of. Green eyes. Chuck Mor- Chuck Morgan and Green Eyes. Was Chuck murdered or was it a suicide? I mean, definitely murdered. <laughs> he was definitely murdered. Definitely yeah. murdered. No question about it. I think uh, my next turn, I will try and do a case that's not unsolved. I will do my best. <laughs> I just feel like they're so interesting. They are so interesting. They are. I, I agree. I agree. But I just like closure, you know? <laughs> I know. I feel like this does have closure, but you just don't know. I mean, like, you know, but you don't know. Like, it's, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. follow us on all the stuff. We'll include some pictures on the on the Instagram. On the facey space. Yeah. Yeah, girl. All the places. Yep. Okay. And I you guess wanna... let's, let's be awkward. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye.